Blog Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to Snake Oil Radio. I'm your host, uh, Jim Ventura. I uh, hope everyone is having a good day if you're catching this live, and if you're catching it uh, at another time, I still hope you're having a good day, of course. Anyway, uh, it is a uh, Tuesday in November, and uh, it's time for another show. So, anyway, I'm Jim Ventura. Uh, I am a uh, blog writer, a, uh, a writer. I've got uh, um, one book published, and I'm in the process of publishing a second. And uh, I am a professional oracle reader. Uh, that means astrologer, numerology, uh, tarot, all of those type of things. Uh, I have expertise in, studied a lot of philosophies and perspectives, and uh, it's given me some uh, possible unique insight to discuss topics and issues um, in this world. So uh, Snake Oil, my blog, as well as the radio show, is really uh, about, well, we, we certainly are going to talk about metaphysics. Uh, we talk about everything. Um, I, this is a show, uh, and again, my, my column itself is really a format to really look at all different types of areas and, and perspectives, uh, relationships and career and uh, emotions and politics sometimes and um, family, you name it. Um, I, I try to make the point of our of my column as well as the uh, radio show to be about really discussing certain things that sometimes people might not be so easily comfortable discussing. Uh, and uh, my first book, Dirty Little Secrets, really uh, hits that that idea uh, kind of running in that sense. So I welcome uh, callers, uh, if anyone's listening live and has a comment or a question to ask, uh, you're certainly welcome to call in. Um, the number for the, uh, the call-in number, if you wanted to call in and you're catching the show live, is 646-200-3966. Again, that number is 646-200-3966. Uh, I also, you can also, uh, if you're catching this live, you can hop into the chat room and comment there, although I can't really um, type back and answer questions. <laughs> not, not an easily, uh, easy transition that way, but you can comment and I can, uh, can ask a question. I think I can answer it on air. Um, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to read my uh, monthly uh, blog column. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll go into some detail in talking a little bit about the subject. So, uh, again, if you do call in, um, give me a few moments before I can click on you there, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll go from there. My uh, column is usually a couple of pages. So the subject uh, this month is a column, uh, a snake oil column I called Safety Dance. And um, so let's kind of dive right in. When I put pen to paper to write this column, I was listening to the radio station that was playing 80 songs. Safety Dance, a song by a bizarre group called Men Without Hats, was playing. I temporarily stopped writing and marveled at the cosmic timing. I began thinking about what, where I was in my life when this song was popular. 
it was the mid-80s. Back then, the world seemed to be a much safer place than it is today. We were not at a war, and our economy was not as shaky as it is today. In my mind, I kept seeing images of the bizarre video made for this song. The crazy costumes, weird lyrics, and dancing little people made me smile. Still, I thought about how unsafe I felt during that time in history. As bad as things are today, with America going through turmoil and needing a complete restructure, I had far more personal fear 20-something years ago. In the early 80s, I felt unsure of what my place was in this world. Would I find the right career? Would I find a partner? Would I be successful? Did I really have any talent? I also had an added fear that plagued me. I was fearful about coming to terms with my sexuality. This was a long time before Will and Grace and Ellen... It was scary back then to risk rejection from friends and family if I admitted that I wasn't straight. Fortunately, I'd already begun to study metaphysics and philosophy. So I was open to more positive perspectives. I'd already started letting go of the false religious imprinting that made me believe I was a sinful person. Still, I had some aspects of Catholic guilt and martyrdom, a fear of victimization, that were hanging around. Even more scary than accepting my sexuality was coming out about my metaphysical studies. I was beginning to sense that my developing intuitive skills and use of astrology, numerology, and tarot were going to take me somewhere. I knew that I was meant to use these talents in the world, but it scared the shit out of me to think what people might say if they knew about my weird interests. I knew I was very different in many ways from normal people, and this made me nervous and fearful about being rejected. I began looking at the idea of feeling safe in a screwed-up world. I also knew I would have to grasp the notion that safety was actually an inside job. The idea of feeling safe started when I began to read books by Jane Roberts. Jane spoke for a non-physical entity who called himself Seth. The Seth material is one of the most brilliant channeled metaphysical writings on record. Jane Roberts shared my Catholic upbringing and feared that she was sinful. Yet... When she channeled Seth, he said that we could live in a safe universe. This idea excited me. If indeed my thoughts and beliefs created my reality, the main message of the Seth material, then I should also be able to create a world around me that was safe. Even though the current evidence seemed to be contrary to the idea, I decided to embrace the idea of creating a life of peace and protection. I wanted to believe that I was lovable, valuable, that the world would be safe from me. I began to focus on a new belief that I had nothing to protect myself from. My work with oracles and looking at other cultural perspectives was a very beneficial part of my road to developing confidence and a sense of security. When I bought a deck of Druid animal cards in my late 20s, I encountered another perspective around the idea of protection. According to the Druid teachings, a pagan culture. They believed that when you were born, you were protected and loved by the goddess. Unlike most Christian teachings, Druids do not believe in the original sin idea, Adam and Eve stuff. They believe that the soul and the body were not tainted at birth. Druids saw the cow as a gift to us and a representation of the love and protection of the goddess. 
her milk, its nourishing power, were a reminder of how the goddess takes care of each and every one of us. If you think about what cows represent, everything about them is useful, right down to nourishing us. The Druids took this idea the Druids took this idea even further. They believed that if you sat in the spot from which a cow just moved, you would be protected from all harmful spells and anyone who might want to hurt you. I began to meditate on the protection of cow in my life and began feeling safer. As I began to feel safer inside, my outer world became more harmonious and less scary. About six years ago, I had a major car accident. It happened a few months after a very painful relationship ended. For months after the accident, I would get somewhat phobic each time I got into my car to drive. It was especially difficult when I drove on the 101 freeway in Skasta where my accident occurred. A few months after my accident, I was in a bookstore that had an open deck of angel cards for customers to look at. I pulled one of Dorian Virtue's angel cards and received a message from an angel named Zana. The card said, you are protected from all types of harm. The worst is now behind you. I ask you to relax and feel safe. The card went even into further detail and even mentioned that angels were even protecting my vehicles. It took every effort not to cry when I purchased my first deck of angel cards. I held back happy tears. One of the things I was taught when I was in Catholic school was that we all have guardian angels who watch over and protect us. While I have no plans to go back to Catholicism, I could see that this angel stuff was really a value. I had resistance to getting into angel concept and angel cards because of the screwed up religious teachings I had encountered in the past. I lumped all religious things into one basket and lost sight of the good things that were part of my religious experiences. I began to see that the belief in angels were not about religion. It was a way to tap into another dimension of support that really does exist. Angel cards have since been a major component in my sense of safety and the experience of miracles for me and many of my clients. I believe we are supported by things we simply cannot physically see. Along the way, I used practical, tangible tools to help me develop a sense of safety. This started even earlier than my metaphysical studies. When I was 16, I bought a set of weights and began to work out religiously. When I turned 18... I joined a gym and stepped up my workouts even more. I even learned how to do some boxing a few years ago. For me, the process of creating a solid muscular body has been tremendously influential in feeling safe in this world. A, per a person who is looking to victimize another person in any way is far less likely to do this with someone who looks physically strong. The last time I've had to defend myself from any type of physical threat was nearly 30 years ago. Therefore, this must be working. It's more than my physical strength and solid body that keeps me protected. It's the knowledge that I unconsciously broadcast that I can easily defend myself. There is no question that the world is a bit darker these days. Many people feel unsafe. This decade has really brought fear into more prominence for everyone. However, it's the same fear that will be responsible for making it more clear about what fear really is and how we allow ourselves to be manipulated by it. Perhaps the extreme corruption that is so blatantly part of our economic and political systems 
and the Christian right's obnoxious attempts to bring us back into the good old days of the 1950s will turn out to be beneficial. Maybe all this darkness is finally being exposed so that we can finally reject this crap once and for all and create a more harmonious world. Over 14 years ago, I gave up fear about being judged about my sexuality. Today, I feel completely safe about expressing this part of myself. I also couldn't give a damn if someone disapproves of my sexuality or my spiritual interests. The narrow, morally bigoted opinions that still exist no longer influence me. I've grown more comfortable about talking and writing about my metaphysical studies. Feeling safe is an inside job. When we shift our focus to feeling safe as opposed to being afraid, we create safety for ourselves. It's up to us to create this. No one can do it for us. The idea that I'll be happy and safe when I'm finally married, I will feel safe when I have medical insurance, or I'll be safe when I make $100,000 a year, etc., are all attempts to use an outer structure to promote internal safety. These things may work for a while, but inevitably aren't strong enough to create a permanent sense of safety. We use our beliefs to create structures and experiences. If we're willing to recognize this, we can begin to realize the true power that we have always had to consciously create the life we choose to live. Believing in things such as angel cards is just one of many ways to tap into a part of ourselves that trusts in unseen guidance and support. The trick is to be willing to change the fearful beliefs we often cling to so tenaciously. Knowing that our beliefs always form a reality, why would any enlightened person choose to believe that the world is unsafe? I'm far stronger and more confident than I was before I began to study metaphysics and philosophy. The wise teachings of many other cultures have contributed to this sense of safety. I've added another form of safety into my life. On the rare occasion, I start to worry about the future or feel unsafe in any area. I now mentally play the safety dance song in my head. I'm still not sure what the hell the safety dance actually is, but it doesn't matter. This makes me laugh, inevitably smile, and forget what was causing me to feel anxious and unsafe. The power of humor to puncture some of the ridiculous structures and fears we hold on to is a valuable power anyone can tap into. When I was younger, I would have occasional panic attacks. Now in my mid-40s, these are almost non-existent. There is nothing to panic about. It doesn't matter what is happening in the outside world. I will be more than okay. All of this internal and external safety work is paid off. Recognize that no matter what is going on around us, we are safe and protected. The only thing that can truly block this is to buy into the abundant fear that is all around us. Okay, finish on the uh, on the column and the blog. Uh, you know, I got um, it was interesting because in my my blog column uh, for anyone who receives the the email, and if you're not on my email list, absolutely feel free to email me at ventura s a g at yahoo dot com or at venturawords at mac dot com, and I'll add you to my uh, blog column uh, list that comes out uh, the fir- approximately the first of every month. Anyway, um, you know, I always get some responses to my columns, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Definitely got a few really positive responses from this, uh, obviously. You know, and I think, of course, the timing for this subject is a really, really uh, good one in that sense because, 
it has definitely been a turbulent time, uh, to say the very least. In fact, um, I really, you know, I've been talking to a lot of clients and friends about the fact that it was actually seven years ago that 9-11 happened. And there are some very notable um, realities to seven-year cycles. Um, every seven years, the cellular structure of our body changes. The cells are, to speak, so uh, we literally are a completely different body every seven years. We're a completely different person. And there are other things that, that have to do with the seven-year cycle as well, too. Um, kind of, we, we do go through psychological, emotional shifts and changes every seven years as well. So this also, of course, is reflected back in terms of societal structures. So seven years ago, I mean, I think we could all safely admit it was a pretty uh, dark time. If anybody... Uh, forgot, which I doubt, uh, but uh, remember that after 9-11, there was a good period of months where people were really fearful. Um, there was an extreme level of caution and anguish, and people were not really going out very much or spending very much money. They were hanging back. I know I was in uh, Las Vegas for 9-11, um, nightmare, and uh, it soured me for Las Vegas for almost two years. I didn't go back to Vegas for two years, and I'm a little bit of a Vegas junkie. I go about six or seven times a year. So I'm back on that. Uh, but at the time, um, it really made me just have this mental association with, uh, with being there during this dark time. So I've noticed a very similar type of uh, vibrational effect going on right now for people. Um, a lot of fear, a lot of caution. You know, the uh, late September, October, the, the you know, the uh, stock market began to tank. Um, needless to say, um, we're, we're dealing now with the repercussions of a particularly corrupt political system that has been in effect for the last eight years or so. Well, let's face it, it's been in effect a lot longer than eight years. It just became really blatant in the last eight years. Who are we kidding? Um, so, uh, yeah, people, you know, the economy is not strong. As, as I speak at this point, um, which is, uh, you know, a scary thing for a lot of people. I know uh, business for me has slowed down a bit in the last month or two, um, you know, notably so. So, uh, you know, people are losing jobs and selling homes are difficult. And, you know, I mean, it, it's been a, a definitely a difficult time. So, um, again, interesting parallel to that being seven years ago, that this level of fear was introduced into society. So we not only have to deal with our own personal fear and lack of sense of safety at times, but then when it's so prevalent in a culture, it can be very difficult to dodge and maneuver um, and stay positive and optimistic and, and joyful when things are, are, are this difficult. So um, I want to talk a little bit more about this subject. Uh, if anyone is catching the show live and wants to uh, ask a question or make a comment, you are welcome to. The guest call in number is 646-200-3966. Again, that number is 646-200-3966. And uh, if you are catching the show live, uh, please feel free to uh, chime in with your perspective or ask any questions. Um, I know that at this point, because of how early I run my show, um, most of my uh, listeners actually catch it in the archives, so obviously you can't call in from an archive show. 
but uh, you know, anyway, uh, if there anybody is uh, listening live, you're welcome to it. Um, anyway, so back to the subject uh, at hand. So yeah, the you know the whole safety idea is really a uh, you know uh, it's a complicated issue, but it's not such a complicated issue. You know, I had mentioned in my blog column that when I was about, I would say probably about 17 to 18 was when I first started really tuning into uh, metaphysics uh, and philosophy. I, I had begun maybe a little earlier than that, but there was kind of a breakthrough situation around 17 or 18 when I kind of found the Jane Roberts uh, channel books uh, of Seth. And um, that really began to get me aware of the idea that our thoughts and beliefs created our reality. You know, and I, I really think that there was a certain amount of divine intervention, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, to me finding um, that those books. Um, in fact, I had a real interest around 15, 16, 17 in things like Bigfoot and UFOs and all the uh, um, stranger side of, of this type of stuff. And I um, actually went to a bookstore, and I this is really a funny story actually, but I I went and I was looking through the occult section. I always love to bring this up that now when you go to a bookstore and you look for a metaphysical or new age book, there's a new age or, or philosophy or metaphysical section. Back in the day, in the 80s, when I was a kid, a uh, teenager, um, it was all in the occult section. So, ooh, spooky. and You know what I mean? And I think there was a party that was always afraid when you were in the store that someone was going to see you looking through that section. <laughs> so I used to laugh when I think about that. But um, I had pulled a book off the shelf about demonic possession, which, of course, was really interesting to me at the time as well, too. And um, when I pulled the book off, there was a book next to it that fell on the floor, and it was a book called um, Seth Speaks, the first, uh, one of the first of the, the Jane Roberts channel books of Seth. And it also had a very spooky kind of cover to it and everything. And I, I bought both books. Uh, this is the time, by the way, when I think like a, a paperback was like two ninety five or something. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I bought both books, and I, of course I read the demonic one first, and then I read the Seth material, and that was really transformative because that was really the first real true breakthrough I had with understanding this idea about thoughts and beliefs creating a reality. And as I began to inhale all the Jane Roberts books and the, the Seth material itself, um, including probably one of the best books, which is called The Nature of Personal Reality, I ran across this idea of the safe universe passage that Seth had talked about. Um, and he did. He, he, he mentioned in, um, in detail, and I would love to be able to quote that on the radio show, but you know, copyright issues, I'm not going to, to take that. But I can loosely paraphrase what he kind of said. And he more or less said, it isn't an issue of denying the fact that the world is unsafe. In other words, there's murder and killing and craziness and difficulty and people are cruel to each other and all those things. Um, and those are reality. And, and we, we, we talk about how, you know, I think people always sort of like, oh, today is much worse than it was yesterday. Back in the 60s, it wasn't as bad, or you know what I mean? Or, you know, you talk to really, really older people and they're like, oh my God, it was such a kinder, better time in the 30s or 40s. Truth of it is, there's always difficulty. There's always danger. There's always um, a difficulty in the world. But what Seth was kind of trying to bring up and point out was that you can live in a safe universe. 
you can make the decision that you live in a safe universe. Therein lies the difference. You're not changing the world. You're changing how the world affects you and your beliefs about the world. So it isn't a denial of the realities and the difficulties of the world. It's more of acquiring a belief that it isn't going to affect you. And that's where the true shift in power lies. And, you know, uh, for me, I was very, very fearful when I was at that age. Uh, one of the things I had mentioned in the blog column was also about my sexuality. Um, you know, this, again, is post, uh, well, was it post or pre? Anyway, this is before, um, you know, again, Will and Grace and, and Ellen and these type of shows where um, where uh, gay, lesbian issues and themes are far more available to people and far less of a fear issue in the first place. So uh, this was, again, this was before that time. So I had no information about this to me. I just, I wanted this part of me to go away. Really, that was the whole thing. I prayed it away. I, I wanted it to not, I wanted it to go away at the time. So that really added an element of fear about whether my family or friends would reject me over this. In fact, I didn't actually come out of the closet until almost 30. Um, because I actually moved to Arizona from New York when I was about 25, and you know I I would I I guess I had relationships as much as I occasionally would run a personal ad or something, and I would sometimes occasionally meet men or had a few experiences in my 20s. But for the most part, I didn't really fully come to terms with this at least openly until I was almost 30. And then I kind of you know I actually talked about this in my first book, Dirty Little Secrets, and I kind of came out with. Uh, flying colors, you know what I mean? It just became this thing that I just was sick of hiding. And this is another interesting area because, I mean, it is an area where I really truly feel safe. I don't feel, you know, I've even talked to gay, other gay and lesbian people who are afraid at their job about someone finding out that they're gay or, you know what I mean, or still haven't told their family about it. And very respectful of this. People will, will come to terms with these things during their own time in their, in their own place. But it's almost odd to me to think about that now since, you know, for the last, you know, 13, 14 years, this has kind of somewhat been a non-issue for me. Um, and then on top of it, um, you know, when I came out, you know, my family, everybody did accept it. And, and really what, what began to dawn on me is my, my family and my friends loved me and, and, and the very few who were uncomfortable with it, almost non-existent. And that was their issue, not my issue. You know what I mean? I, I, I changed perspectives on this and then the situation really really radically shifted in fact it's really a value that i'm a gay man because the brunt of my clientele that i talk to is women um and i would i think that being being gay is something that really makes women a lot more comfortable to work with me in that sense there's no fear or danger of getting hit on or you know i mean any of those things um and even if they are attracted to me they know nothing's going to come out of it so it really actually is a value. So again, you, this is part of this idea of feeling safe about who you are. You know, God, all that is, spirit, whatever your terminology for it. I was made this way for a reason, because it was the right way to be um, in this lifetime. So that was something that really shifted in my sense of personal safety. And even in a bigger way, you know, what a lot of people don't understand, this is still funny to me to this day, but... Like, when I meet people and they find out what I do for a living, 
I get a very extreme reaction. Either people are like mesmerized by by the knowledge that I have about astrology and numerology and tarot and runestones and animal cards. I'm really good at what I do. I've studied this for a long time. Uh, people either mesmerized by it or honestly, it scares the crap out of them. Uh, you know what I mean? Where they're actually afraid because I might be able to see inside of them and that scares them even more. Um, which is funny because even if I could see inside of them, it's based on an assumption that I would judge that. You know what I mean? Which is really funny because I, I don't know, I mean, people are who they are. We we all have our own little screw-ups and weird things about us. I mean, that's called being a human being. So anyway, it certainly had its effect on my dating life, um, uh, not necessarily in the, in the best possible way. Um, but uh, that was really something when I was younger that scared me even more. I really was realizing that what I was going to do in this life was going to buck a lot of organized religion's perspectives and a lot of people's perspectives in general on, on how life actually works. But uh, the truth of it is, when you get good metaphysics, it's really brilliant in that sense because you really begin to tap into how the world actually works. And um, uh, it's amazing. And even, you know, this whole concept of, of this particular um, radio show, as well as my blog column that I've been doing since late 2003, Snake Oil, I actually came up with that idea because it was people were kind of calling me a snake oil salesman, that I was a scammer, that I was a con artist in that sense in terms of what I did, but um, which is really, really funny because when you have tarot card readings and, and you know, uh, your astrology done or, or these things, you begin to figure out that it works. And I don't know exactly why it all works the way that it does, but it just does. And the reason that, you know, readings are not clear or information is distorted is because, again, the interpreter may not be interpreting correctly. And the other thing is, you know, you, you can do a tarot card spread and it's going to basically look at where you are now and where you're heading in the next few months or the next year, depending on what you wanted to look at. But we, we change directions. It really does adequately pick up really quite accurately on what's going on, but we do change directions. There are shifts that occur. Our lives are not laid out like some type of um, a finished product that we're just walking through. You know what I mean? We make choices. That's the whole dynamic of being alive in a physical body. We make choices. And one of the choices that we make, often unconsciously, is to be afraid and to feel that the world is a dangerous and difficult place. And this could not be more prevalent right now than it has been in a long time because people are really, really afraid. Um, and I've, you know, I've been talking to friends, I've been talking to clients, and I've had to struggle with this inside myself because um, I've had some, uh, you know, some slowdown of business and a few other things that have occurred because people are sort of freezing up on spending <coughs> and uh, struggling with what's going to happen in the economy. You know, in fact, if you look at the last, um, a recent election, and, and by the way, you know, in case anyone has not really figured out the obvious here, um, this is really has been an amazing time, an amazing time to be alive and to see what has just happened with the election of Barack Obama as our first African American president. Really. Very amazing to be uh, witnessing uh, this at uh, this point. This is a really huge pivotal time in history. And 
you know, the reality of the situation was, I mean, I, I called that um, uh, Barack Obama was going to win this election over a year or so ago. I mean, I, I knew he was going to be our next president in that sense, um, because really the reality is he's the right man for the job. Um, even the election itself was an interesting microcosm for what's going on in the world. The, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not putting down the Republican Party, so, you know, spare me the, um, the angry letters or things about this. Ugh. But, you know, the Republican Party has definitely lost its way. It's become um, a fearful party, a very corrupt party, and really kind of got taken over a lot by the religious right as well, too. So it, it's got to find its way back to being the smart, intelligent business party. You know what I mean? That it was years ago, and I think it eventually will. But right now, the, 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 the microcosm, the shift that, that, that you mean, the, what this uh, election represented was McCain is about war and fear and um, even his choice in running mate about Palin um, talking about how small towns are good, big towns are bad, small towns are good America, uh, big town, you know, elitists are bad America. We, you know, I will tell you, one of the things that, without question, will go down for the, the 2000s, for 2000 through 2010, is I think this is going to, we're going to be looking at this decade as a decade of stupidity, where we literally regressed and became stupider. I mean, if you think about it, it started off with, with the show Jackass, where it became sort of popular to act like an idiot. Um, you know, I, not to get too political, but there's no question, George uh, Bush is probably the worst president we've ever had. He's not a very intelligent, articulate man. So I think what's nice about um, Barack Obama taking over is it does represent this new hope, this intelligence, this going back to the idea that we can be proud and smart and, and value those things and not see them as elitist, uh, ridiculous. So again, um, and, and this whole focus on this war that has taken so much of this decade is just you know another example of this tremendous fear that exists. Yeah, of course, we need to protect ourselves. Of course, we need to um, uh, to to deal with with the violence and difficulty in the world, but not at the cost of our own economy falling apart. And you know, I mean, uh, the whole situation is just absolutely ridiculous. We we have so lost our way over this fear issue in that sense. Even this recent uh, banning of gay marriage in Arizona and, and California, you know. How is gay people getting married going to destroy marriage? That, that's taking care of itself already. How is denying rights to a group of people um, somehow a good thing? Again, these are fear-based responses, and the religious right did that, um, probably largely a big Mormon church influence um, on paying for the funding behind getting this proposition passed to ban gay marriage because they're fearful that the courts will overturn it. Um, again, fear-based responses that exist in the world. So the key for us is to look at, one, I really do think we're going to be entering into a more positive time. I do think kind of got the right man for the job. He may not be perfect. Nobody is. But um, the reality is a minority as a leader right now is fitting also. Uh, you know, half the population here is not white. It's time for someone of a, of a different color to, to be in charge. And, and, that, and that isn't even as relevant as the fact that this is kind of a smart man who's in charge at this point. So while it's going to take some time for this transition, I do feel safer in that sense that we finally shifted gears and have begun to focus on taking care of ourselves and not policing 
the rest of the world and, and drowning ourselves into financial ruin over uh, this idea of, of being the policeman for the world in that sense um, and, and creating democracy um, around the world. Yeah, a good idea, but not something we should be paying for and putting a ton of money into in that sense. Um, just crazy. Look at the effects that it's had here. But getting back to, see, I'm running on a political rant now, too. Uh, anyway, getting back to um, the original subject. And this is what I'd like to say to all of my listeners. Start focusing on the idea that you live in a safe world. And, you know, I, I, I talked about um, angel cards and things like that. And, you know, I'm not suggesting everybody run out and get a deck of angel cards. But, you know, it's not an expensive or bad idea. Because it's, it does tap you into this idea that we have protection and guidance and assistance at other levels. And the more we believe that, the more we'll experience that. Because I believe so is form of reality. You know, it's not that crazy to think about um, trusting what you don't see. When you eat something, you trust that your body will digest it and that it will uh, eliminate it and do that effectively. We don't consciously do those things. We don't consciously break down the food in our body and, and, and all that, and that entire process. We don't do that. We don't consciously breathe or uh, make our hearts beat. They just do. And it's the same idea with trusting in unseen guidance and protection that exists. So whether you, whether you believe it's your, your, your dead grandfather or your grandmother or your mother or a sibling that you lost or an angel or just your higher self that guides you, the more you put your energy into trusting in that sense, the more you'll actually see that result. You know, for the most part, it's kind of funny because when, when people tend to meet me, again, I think they have an extreme reaction to me. They either like me, thankfully, more often than not, that seems to be the case, <laughs> or they just dislike me. But one thing I can say most people will say is I'm a fairly confident person in the way I project myself in that sense. Um, I do kind of have that a little bit of a, I kind of call it a little bit of a Leo philosophy, even though I'm not really a Leo, I'm a Sag. Um, but I have that Leo philosophy that I notice a lot of Leos have, which if you don't see me for the royalty that I am, then get lost. Not a, you know what I mean? Then you're an idiot, goodbye. Move on. Um, have kind of a healthy cockiness in that sense. And that's one of the things that I think that has come up and out of this sense of focusing on this idea of safety in that sense. You know, what's really funny is when I was a kid, I always love to tell this this story, when I was even like 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, I was really doing a lot of concerts. I'd go to like live clubs with my friends and things and see a lot of bands when I lived in New York. It was really an awesome time in that sense. And one of the things that was always uh, would happen, I won't say it happened all the time, but every every couple of times at a, at a a bar or a uh, you know a concert or something, there would be a fight that would break out or some type of difficulty. This is not exactly odd that this does occur, and I never was there when those things happened. I always seemed to leave right before a difficult fight was going to break out or a, a hard difficult event was going to occur. I always seemed to leave, and, it, and I remember being about 22. A friend of mine, um, we had gone to uh, see a band, and I had come in my own car that time, and I left about 10 minutes before, there was actually a fight and a difficulty that had broken out during a, a zebra concert. I laugh when I say that, because most people are not going to send that reference unless you're from New York. Uh, and 
there was an altercation. A couple of my friends were involved in it. Thankfully, no one was really hurt, but it definitely was a little bit of an ordeal. And a friend of mine said, you know, Jim, why is it that you're never here whenever these difficult things happen? You always seem to be leave right before it occurs. And I think that that has a lot to do with my sense of protection. I really believe that because I believe this, I always seem to have the instinct to know when to get out beforehand to avoid these toxic situations in that sense. And, and really, in truth, I was uh, at one point I was held up at gunpoint in a restaurant that I worked in about 10, 11 years ago. And honestly, that was probably the only real encounter I ever had with getting robbed or, or something like that. And even that, I had $11 on me. The guy got $11 and then took off. I mean, everyone else lost their wallets. I, I, had a whole, I lost a whole $11 in the ordeal. Although it did shake me up. I will have to admit that it did shake me up and make me fearful for a little while. But I got myself back to that sense of being safe again. I was able to bring myself back to it because I refuse to live in a world where I'm in fear all of the time in that sense. In fact, this is probably one of the biggest issues that I have with people that are, who cling to the religious right and that perspective. This whole idea of fear God. Um, he's, she's a good God-fearing She's a good God-fearing woman. What do you mean God-fearing? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Uh, it's just such a negative thing to me in that sense, to be afraid of it. Um, God's going to strike you down and punish you in that sense. So, again, this, this whole story about uh, me avoiding these difficulties is, again, because of my belief in safety. Even, as I mentioned in the piece, um, you know, I don't think everyone needs to work out five or six days a week to build a muscular body, but I do think everyone should be exercising at some level. And um, if you learn a little bit of self-defense, when you exercise and you're, you're in good shape and you take care of your body, even reasonably so, you do have a stronger presence. And, you know, uh, even for women, this is, is not, this is not just for men. It does create a little bit of a feeling of the don't mess with me syndrome. I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm 195, 5'10 and a half, pretty well-built guy. I don't, people don't mess with me. I don't know, don't, they don't make comments about me being gay in a derogatory sense. I mean, I never run across this type of thing. Because if I did, you know, not a violent person by any means, but you better believe that ain't going to happen in my space. So there's something about that, too, that's this protective element that we really, really can develop. So it isn't about being um, aggressive in a mean way. It's really just about owning your own personal power and the willingness to recognize that you're safe in this world. It isn't an issue about whether the world is unsafe. You know, watch the news, read the newspaper from time to time, but don't drown yourself in that world um, because if you, you keep get, if you constantly poke into what the media is saying about all this difficulty in the world, you're going to be more fearful. So, yeah, don't put your head in the sand and not know what's going on, but, but keep it minimal in that sense so that you know just basically what's going on in the world, but that you realize that you create your reality, you create your own sense of safety. And that's the key. And then you will live in a safe universe uh, because you will have that, that sense of intuitive protection that will exist. Well, it looks like my time is winding down here. Uh, these shows always go fast. Uh, I think when I uh, the shows keep growing, and when I get a larger audience, I might have to push it to an hour because I think uh, with uh, Colin, uh, I'm going to probably take a lot more time. So I will eventually probably expand to an hour. Right now, we're at the 45-minute slot. 
Anyway, um, if you're interested and uh, you're not already getting my column, feel free to email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo.com or VenturaWords at Mac.com, and I'll add you to the email list so you can get my column the first of the month. Um, I am available for private um, in-person sessions. I have a home office here in Phoenix, or a big part of my clientele have sessions with me uh, by phone. And uh, that works great, too. I tape the sessions on an audio tape, and I mail you that, and you can either just pay by a check or uh, run a credit card. But um, really, if you've not done that, uh, really a fascinating uh, thing, whether it's just having your astrology chart done or having a tarot reading or a numerology chart done, um, check out my website, um, and you can kind of get some info on on what I do. Um, Love to work with people that way and uh, some really profound effects. My website is web dot mac dot com slash ventura words and that will give us some more info in getting hold of me um, again as always uh, great uh, being able to do the show and I hope each and every one of you uh, who listens to this will focus on the idea that you live in a safe universe and the more you focus on that the more you will <laughs>